stake over to my house. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Hey, let me say this. That was the first time Shelby has ever emceed before. Didn't she do a great Shelby directs all of our children's ministry, and all week long they had a kids' camp here. And I'm telling you, kids were everywhere. There's probably a couple hundred people here, and it was phenomenal. And she just does an amazing job, and I just thought she did a great job this morning. So we're going to dive into the Word. Before we do that, let me say this. Uh, we're it's, it's a very particular, interesting subject for Father's Day. We're going through the Apostles' Creed, okay? We, this is part five of the Apostles' Creed. We have a video that we show, but didn't really have time today because we wanted to honor dads to show the video. But we're going through the Apostles' Creed, and today we're in a very unique spot, and I'm super pumped up about it because it's, he descended into hell. I'm going to talk about hell on Father's Day. How do you like that? So if you're here for the first time, it's a very interesting subject. If you're a dad, it's nothing against you. It's just that it happens to be on the week that I'm talking about, he descended into hell. With those four words, layers and layers, believe me, layers of layers of theology and doctrine. And somebody say this with me, mystery. 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 How many of you know that we don't have God all figured out? You know, how many of you know that his ways are not our ways? His thoughts are not our thoughts? And we're going to do our best. I'm going to do my best to K-I-S-S today. Keep it simple, saints. I'm just going to try to keep it simple, saints, when we dive into this world. But I'm going to let you know there's going to be scriptures that I go over today that I think that probably there's only two that knows really totally what the scriptures are about or fully, the original writer and the original author, the Holy Spirit. And as I read some of these scriptures, you'll, you'll probably understand, like I said, if you're a guest today, I don't apologize for preaching about hell. It's just that this is not something that I preach on every week, and, uh, but it's important to preach on because it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. What makes the gospel so amazingly good? You know, the gospel means good, good news. What makes the gospel such good news is some really bad news. You know what I'm saying? He saves us. He saves us from ourselves. He saves us from our sin. He saves us from eternal damnation. He saves us. I mean, it's amazing news. I mean, I live, eat, breathe, drink the gospel so in order for it to be outrageously good news, there has to be some underlining bad news. So I'm going to talk a little bit about hell today and, 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 and talk a little bit about different words in the Old Testament that if you read the entire Bible, you're going to come across and kind of bring some foundation and, and explanation to some different things. Can I preach on hell today? Are we good with that? Okay, here we go. All right, praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for every dad here. I just ask that you bless their socks off today. 
Thank you on this day they came into the house of God, and, and I pray that you give us great understanding into your word. Father, we want to live by your word, not our ways, your ways. Father, um, there's not a whole lot of the scriptures that talk about we reason with you. Father, you're the God, you're the God Almighty. We didn't vote you in, you are God. And Father, we say have your way in this place. I pray for special grace and anointing on your word today. Speak to every one of our hearts in Jesus' name. And everyone said, how low can you go? There's a game called Limbo. Anybody ever heard of Limbo before? Limbo is this game that's sometimes played on the beach and you can kind of see the guy he's going low you know what i'm saying i could never do that rob elder probably could do that but i probably could never do that right there i mean this brother is going low but i want to let you know that no matter how low you can go in your life no matter what basement that you hit whatever uh dead end that you come into i want to let you know this morning that jesus can go lower and by the way jesus did go lower for you and I. The Bible, we do know this, that we know that Jesus descended into hell, and we're going to talk about that today. I want to qualify the title just for a minute. The title of this sermon today is Jesus Tougher Than Hell. Tougher Than Hell. And he is. It's not an Idaho tough. It's not like a pickup truck tough. It's not like kick your rump tough. It's, it's not that kind of tough. Jesus showed his toughness through his sacrifice. Jesus showed his suffering, uh, his toughness through his, his suffering uh, of his dissension into hell, into dying and raising from the dead. That proves that, come on, he is tougher than hell. We're going to talk about that today. How many men in here think they're tough? Some women are tough, huh? I want to briefly begin with a foundation of four different words today that speaks of the afterlife, some in the Old, some in the New Testament. Uh, I want to just bring some foundation to build off. I just couldn't just I don't think I can just jump in and talk about hell when you might run into some other words in the Bible. I want to just describe them. We're going to start out with this word called hell. Will you say that with me, hell? You can call it hell or final hell. Uh, Jesus spoke a whole lot about hell, and this is one of the scriptures that he shares, code red. Uh, uh, Matthew 10, 28 says this, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy the soul and body in hell. Now, what's very familiar, right, from the get-go is that, and I'm going to weave this in and out, of that there's people that don't preach hell, that it's not real and, and it's not eternal damnation. And there's, you know, there's, they, they make very light, it's fantasy or whatever. Just from the get-go, why would Jesus say that if there's no hell? Well, Jesus speaks a whole lot about hell, and there is a hell, and uh, I want to talk about that today. The word hell is a, a name of a place or a state of everlasting 
punishment hell. I want to read this. I found this this week. I thought it was very good by a guy named W. Edward Bedore. And today there's going to be a lot of addresses of the Bible. You can email me. I can give you notes. You can go to Bible app and you can get a lot of these notes. But I'm going to go through it quite quickly so I can get to the other three today and kind of plow through this in a good way. This guy is from the uh, Brian Bible Society. He says this, just, just, just listen to this today. The lake of fire or hell is literally a place of everlasting fire that originally created by God as a place of punishment for saints and angels that followed him in his rebellion against God, Matthew 25, 41. Because it is referred to the place of outer darkness, Matthew 8, 12, 25, and 30, we believe it is the most probably located at the farthest reaches of creation. Jehina is described in the scripture as a furnace of fire, Matthew 13, 42. Everlasting punishment, Matthew 25, 46. What a subject for Father's Day. The mist, gloom of darkness, uh, 2 Peter 2, 17. The hurt of the second death, Revelations 2, 11, 26, 14, 21, 8. A lake of uh, fire burning with brimstone. Uh, Revelations 20, uh, 19, 20, and 20, 10, and 21, 8. While hell was created for Satan, listen to this, and other fallen angels, angels, the unsaved of humanity, the unsaved of humanity from all ages will be with him in that place of torment where there'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth, Matthew 13, 42. This is the everlasting reward of all that die in their sins. How many of you don't want to go to that place called hell? You should be throwing up your hands right now in a crazy way. You don't want, oh, I don't believe that. Well, it's too late. It already exists. Okay? So it doesn't matter if you believe in hell or if you don't believe in God. Truth is truth. I don't say this out of hate. No, I say it out of love because uh, we want to make it hard for people to go to hell in Heart of the City Church. We talk to people and share Christ with people all over the place so that they're aware of the truth. The Bible says knowing the truth is what sets people free, so we want to share that with people. Listen to what Augustine said. If you believe what you like in the Gospels and reject what you don't like, it is not the gospel you believe, but yourself. Just kind of meditate on that for a minute. I don't think we can tear pages out of the scriptures. I don't think that we can tear verses out of the scriptures. It's the word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, the flawless word of God. We're to live by the word of God. And we can't just kind of pick and choose. Oh, I like that. I like the heaven part. I like that Jesus died for me part. I like that he shed his blood for my, you know, I like that. I like that. I, but this hell thing, I just, just kind of remove that right there, right there. H-E double hockey sticks, just kind of remove that right there. You can't just do that with the scriptures. We believe in all the word of God. Every word, every tittle of the word of God. It's important that we preach the whole gospel. So we say that with me, the whole gospel. I'm passionate about that because, you know, teachers and preachers, you know, we're going to be 
you know, on a different level in the sense of being judged for what we preach. And I think it's very vital that we preach the whole gospel so that we don't lead people astray. We're very passionate about that. Jesus spoke about hell a whole lot, quite a bit. Peter did, and James, and Moses, and David, and Solomon, and Isaiah, and Ezekiel, and others. Well, if they spoke about it, and the Apostles' Creed spoke about it, then guess who else is going to speak about it? J.O. Look at the beauty of being in the church and being part of the church. I believe there's great protection in the church, the bride. This is God's woman right here, the body of Christ. He calls it his bride. He loves the church, and he says this. He says this, Matthew 16, 18. I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell. Look at that. Man, I love being in the church. I'm passionate about it. I love the church. The, the, what comes along with the church, the safety and the health and raising your kids. And do you know the power of a daddy serving Jesus Christ, the impact that person makes on that family? The most influential person that, I mean, the, when, a per, when a daddy serves Jesus it just goes off the chart when it comes to wife and children following. That's for free daddies. How someone doesn't believe in hell is absolutely mind-boggling to me. And then I started thinking about it. No, it's not mind-boggling. The word is actually deceived. They've been dece That's what the enemy does. You know, I think if uh, the enemy would like to deceive you that he doesn't exist and hell doesn't exist. And the Bible says he's a liar and the father of lies. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so what we want to do is bring light to different areas and uh, want to do that today. So the first one that I just wanted to mention was hell. And if you need notes on any of those addresses, you should just read. I mean, it's got, the Bible says a whole lot about hell. The second one I want to bring to your attention that if you read the whole Bible, you're going to come across this this word called Sheol. Say that with me, Sheol. If I got to say difficult words, then you're going to say them with me. Sheol. Sheol, number two, um, Hades or the world of the dead, as if a subterranean retreat, including its accessories and inmates, grave, hell, pit. Listen to this. Listen real closely to this next statement. In the Old Testament, Sheol is the place of souls of the dead for both the righteous and the wicked. Both the, in the Old Testament, Sheol, the place of righteous and the wicked. You'll see this in different places of the Bible. Like, for example, you'll see in Genesis that Jacob, Genesis 37, 35, Jacob went this Sheol. Uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel 28, 13 through 14, you'll see that Samuel went to Sheol, but you'll also read in Psalms 37, 31, 17, that the wicked go to Sheol. So this is a place, I'm going somewhere with this today, so just bear with me. Sheol is this place that the Old Testament speaks of that both the wicked and the righteous went.
And then in that word, we have this word number three called Hades. Will you say that with me, Hades? Hades. Hades, or the place or stated of departed souls, grave or hell, listen to this, later use of this word, the grave, I'm not going to get into the grave today, that's a whole other word, death, hell, in biblical Greek it was associated with this word called orcus, the infernal regions, a dark and dismal place in the very depths of the earth, the common receptacle of disembodied spirits, listen to this, usually, Hades is the just abode of the wicked. The just abode of the wicked. Luke 16, 23, Revelations 20, 13, and 14. I told you this was a very interesting subject for Father's Day, didn't I? Everyone smile? I want to talk about this for a moment because you're going to see in this next new testament story that jesus shares out of luke 16 something very very interesting he talks about this place called hades and he talks about this place called abraham's side in this story you should read the story i think it's verses 19 through 31 in luke 16 you should probably check it out this i would encourage you to read the whole story i don't have time to read the whole story but in that story there's a story about two people it's a story about a rich man and a poor man named lazarus this is before the resurrection of Jesus because Jesus is telling the story. I think he tells this story is, I think it's because this is what the Jews and what Jesus believed and what took place in the Old Testament. So let's look at this just for a minute. If you look at Luke 16, 19, it says this through 23. There was a rich who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who had feasted uh, sumptuously every day everyone say rich man rich. nothing wrong with being rich it's just a story of showing these two different folks and at the gates was laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who desired to be fed with what would uh, what fell from the rich man's table how moreover even the dogs came and licked his sores I want you to look at these two words real quick. Let me point out a couple of things. The poor man died and was carried. Will you say that with me? Carried? carried. He was carried. Very interesting. By the angels to Abraham's side. I believe Abraham's side is, of course, if you look at Jacob and different ones that I mentioned, this is part of Sheol. Abraham's side. The rich man also died, and look, and was, everyone say buried. buried. One was carried, one was buried. In, and in Hades, there's that word Hades, look what is, is kind of described. Being in torment, he lifted up the, the rich man. Hades lifted up, look at that, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off, and Lazarus at his side. So we have this place Jesus speaks of. Two people go. They can see each other. There's some types of form of communication. One was carried. One was buried. One looked up. One was in a place of comfort, the Bible speaks of, when it comes to the poor man. But the rich man was in a place of torment, a place called Hades. But I think 
no matter what, I think it speaks of this overall place where good and bad saints, Old Testament evil went called Sheol. Are you with me? You follow me? Okay, you good? Because we're going to tie this into something else in just a few minutes, which takes me to my fourth point, another word that you would read called paradise. Will you say that with me, paradise? Right now, when you say paradise, you already have a thought in your mind, I believe, of where you think paradise is. Is that okay? When you think of paradise, you think like me, wow, this place is going to be, wow, should, okay? I think paradise was not always what we think paradise is today. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Um, Let me just show you scripturally. Like I said earlier, a lot of this is mystery, but I think I can back up a lot of this with good sound scripture, but don't have all the, uh, every, every little point connected. But let me show you what I think paradise is. Before the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I believe paradise was inside of this place called Sheol and Hades. Okay? Everyone say paradise. I believe it was in this place called Sheol and Hades. I'm going to read a scripture right now, and then all of a sudden, if you believe that with me, then you'll see why this next verse is so interesting, and what Jesus says, and how this took place, and where Jesus went after he died, and a little bit, maybe a snap picture of what was going on while Jesus was dead, while he was in the tomb for three days, Jesus said something very interesting on the cross. He was very interested, always in people. He lived above his pain. There's a guy, two guys dying beside Jesus. One of them is like, you know, he understands who Jesus is. One of them is blaspheming Jesus. And Jesus looks at this one criminal and he says this. He says this in Luke 23, 42 and 43. It says, and he said, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Look what Jesus says. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in, you with me church? Paradise. I believe that Jesus at that time, whenever he died, was in the grave. I believe that he went to this place called paradise where this the the totality of it was Sheol and Hades a place where the Old Testament saints were at along and by the way I'm going to show you another scripture in a minute that I think also that took place is Jesus went and preached to these captive in this place called a prison, which some people think prison was hell. That Jesus, during this time, yes, he was dead. Yes, he was fully dead. But he was also doing something that which is kind of mystery and that which the, the body of Jesus was there, but maybe the spirit of Jesus was doing these different things. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. We can see that something took place when it comes to paradise and these two words, sheol, and Hades. Remember, Sheol was the place where Lazarus went, was a place of comfort, and, and, and Hades was a place of torment of the rich man. This speaks that Jesus went to this place called paradise at the time, the very time in which it appears to be in Sheol and Hades when he was in the grave and possibly preached to spirits in prison. Now listen to this partial definition of paradise just for a minute just go with me 
If you were to look this up in uh, this Bible study that I use that just dissects the Word of God, olive tree, you would find this definition of paradise. Listen to this. The part of Hades, which was thought by the latter Jews to be the abode of souls of pious until resurrection. Okay? Are you following me? Good. Now, why do we think that paradise now is what I believe to be the upper regions of heaven and this beautiful place? Because I think something. How many of you know that at the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, lots of things changed? How many of you really believe that in your heart? You need to know that when, when Jesus died and he descended into hell, that things begin to change. He rose from the dead. We're going to touch on that next week. He rose from the Man, there was things that were completed. All, everything in the world began to change with this, this big, huge, earth-moving decision of what Jesus did with the death and resurrection.